Hello, my friends, and welcome to the DDP for the 23rd day of August. I'm your host, Paul White. Today, we go back to the audio version of our 2018 book, Righteous Saul versus Righteous Paul, and we conclude chapter one. I backtrack maybe 30, 45 seconds from where we stopped yesterday. That way, we can pick up with a thought. In fact, we're going to come in with a John 9 quote uh, reading by uh, Jesus. And then we're going to read on out through the end of chapter 1. I hope you enjoy it as we conclude it from Righteous Saul versus Righteous Paul. John 9, verses 40 and 41. Then some of the Pharisees who were with him heard these words and said to him, Are we blind also? Jesus said to them, If you were blind, you would have no sin, but now you say, We see, therefore your sin remains. There's the key. If you were blind, you would have no sin. It would seem that Jesus is telling the Pharisees that the purpose of him entering into judgment is to open man's eyes to a reality he hasn't seen and to close them to a reality he is accustomed to. If they were blinded in the right manner, it would open up a world of sinlessness to them. Adam and Eve had their eyes open to their nakedness in the garden and then functioned from shame and condemnation. That shame led to the ultimate cover-up, where they fashioned an apron of fig leaves, created a separation, and hid from God. Their eyes were indeed opened, but not to the glory of their Creator. All they could see was their own performance, and man spiraled out of control. Christ came to make blind men see, but in a far greater way than mere human eyesight. His death on the cross was to blind men to their shame and their guilt, freeing them from condemnation so that he could open their eyes to a whole new creation. The Pharisees' claim that they were not blind was evidence that they were, at least in the spiritual sense that Jesus was referencing, they were blind to true righteousness. And the fact that they couldn't see the Jesus that was right in front of them was enough to show they couldn't see at all. When Saul met that same Jesus on the road to Damascus, the end result was heart transformation and the physical act of having his eyes blinded, Acts 9, verses 8 and 9. It would seem that the object lesson started by Jesus in John 9 continues into Acts 9 with Saul. By blinding Saul to who he was, he can open Paul's eyes to who he could be. When the Spirit came upon him, immediately the scales fell from his eyes and he received his sight at once, Acts 9.18. These two phrases, immediately and at once, seem redundant. But it could indicate how important this lesson is for both Saul and the reader. When the Spirit does His work, He changes your field of vision from a life revolving around you and your effort to one focused on Christ and who He is in you. This helps with the awkward moment of Elymas being made blind so that Sergius Paulus could be made to see in a spiritual sense. Paul is living out the statement of Jesus. The man who thinks he has insight is blinded, while another man who is spiritually blind has his eyes opened to the truth. We don't know the end result for Elymas, but it seems that based upon Paul's own history with having his eyes darkened and opened, he's hoping for a similar outcome for this man. This affliction was temporary, not a permanent curse. When the fog lifted, let's hope Elymas had his eyes opened in more ways than one. In the immediacy of one moment, 
Saul was transformed into a new creation. Now, in a similar moment, he takes on a new name to accompany his new identity. His two-step transformation is a microcosm of our walk with Christ. We meet him in faith and are changed into his image from glory to glory. It doesn't all occur overnight, as identity sometimes takes a while to develop. But the deconstruction-reconstruction process moves us from one place to another. For Saul, the story unfolds quickly. But for us, it may take a while longer. Either way, it's worth the journey. In the moment that Paul surfaces in the book of Acts, we can't know for sure what revelations pop up inside of him. But we can know that future revelations, revelations that will change the church and the course of human history, are planted in that moment. Revelations like those found in Galatians 3 and 4 were birthed in Paul. He transitioned into the knowledge that he had led his life as if he were a mere servant, just like a child unable to come into his own inheritance. And that's the conclusion of the first chapter from our 2018 book, Righteous Saul versus Righteous Paul. And we will have that up as of tomorrow in its entirety behind the additional content platform at paulwhiteministries.com. And the additional content are for those of you who uh, sign up as uh, partners. There's a one-time donation, and then you get a password, and anything we drop behind that wall is yours forever. And we have our entire 10-year anniversary walkthrough in video of our first book, Revelation to Transformation. That's at 40-something lessons, 20 minutes, 25 minutes per lesson, Uh, regarding that book. We're also doing the same thing with our second book, Between the Pieces, What Really Happened at the Cross. When we complete a whole chapter of those videos, we drop that behind there. That usually takes us two or three weeks to finish a chapter. And then as we finish these chapters of the audio book, Righteous Saul versus Righteous Paul, we're dropping those in. So as of tomorrow, the 24th of August, the entire first chapter, as well as the introduction, will be at the additional content. Speaking of the 24th of August... We will start chapter two tomorrow right here on the DDP. We'll see you then. Have a great day. God bless.